Welcome to Table Pop Episode 8. My name is Mitchell Tierney. I'm an author, comic book collector, toy collector, and award-winning bead grower. Oh, you won an award for your beard. That's well, right. It I was won, on the internet. Uh, <laughs> I won Best Ginger Beard uh, last week or the week before at the uh, Beard Stock 2. Uh, how, how many ginger beards did you beat? About eight. Oh, that's good. Yes. That's yes. better than seven other gentlemen. Yeah, it is. It's um, or eight it's other world gentlemen. it's world recognized. Not really. Just Brisbane at the Sabotage Social Club. I want some beard oil and some beard cream. Oh, lovely. And fame. Excellent. Um I'm I'm Jason Kotze Yang. I am a game designer and um I did not win any awards for beards. I have a slight more beard than I had last time. Yeah, you did. I um I saw a picture of you on Facebook and I was like is that an old picture? Is that a new picture? This is this is the best beard I've ever had. <laughs> it, it's nothing compared to your old beard. Well, no one would give me awards for this stuff. Yeah. Mine's four years growth. Okay. You got a moustache, a bit of a goatee going on. Yeah, that's that's. Are you gonna grow it out through Manchu? We'll see how we go. We'll see how we go. Yeah, do it. Don't shave it this whole year. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll, we'll see how we go. Well, this is uh, dungeon play part two. So we did the first part. Um, must be about before Christmas. Yeah. Um, I think it actually may have been November. This has been a bit of a long break for us, as we've been doing things. Yeah, I've been pretty busy. Um, sometimes you can't fit it in. You know, that's okay. They will try to do it pretty regularly, though. Yeah, especially you know around the holidays and everyone doing the things that they have to do. Did you get any games for Christmas? Um, I bought myself some games for Christmas. Which ones? I bought. Uh, Alien Legendary Encounters. Now, you showed me that about five minutes ago. Yeah, it's on the table outside. We're probably going to play it afterwards. It looks pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, like probably nothing I've really seen before. Yeah, well, it's, uh, it's a deck-building game, and we've talked about deck-building games before, but I don't think we've actually got around to playing one. Have I ever played one? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. No. So deck-building games are, are kind of like, you know, like playing Magic the Gathering if you, if you build the deck during the game. I also got Machikoro, which is like a, which is a, a light little kind of almost settlers of Catanish. Mm. There's some dice rolling. You got to build things. Uh, is there wood and sheep involved? No, there is cafes and really, yeah. You build, you build, cool. you build buildings and bookstores, cafes. Yeah, that type of stuff. Oh, cool. I'd be in for it's that. It's a cute little Japanese art as well. Cool. I got um, I got Descent, which I asked for. And I got uh, Robert Kirkman's Walking Dead, which we played, I think, for the first pod? Yeah, we talked about it on the, the zombie pod, which I think was the first pod. It's got to be about a year ago now, nearly. Possibly. Yep, and uh, that was a surprise. My folks got it from Singapore. So. Mm-hmm. Did, did they uh, listen to it on the podcast? And no. They, okay. I don't think they know really what a podcast is. Oh. But that's okay. Yeah, I, so. I haven't told my parents about it. You haven't told your parents about the podcast? No. No. Do they know what a podcast is? I I, I think probably have to explain it to them, so like, and then I'd have to like load it onto my father's phone. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just tell people it's like radio, but you download mm. it and listen to it. Uh. Okay, so this this pod we're talking about um, dungeon games, like D and D sort of games, but the more the board game sort. So last time we talked more of the, what would you call last one? Like well, a, last time we talked about RPGs. We talked about like, you know, pen and paper, pen and paper pretending yep. you're a guy, um, rolling dice to hit things. Character and also, sheets. yeah, doing the story as we go. And, you know, 
this week we're back to our regular old topic, which is board games. Board games. But we're going to try and tackle board games through the D&D lens. So we're going to let go. If you couldn't play D&D, mm. um, what board game would you play? What, what board game gives you the same sort of experience? So we're talking, is it more uh, the, the universe of D&D, or are we talking about dungeon crawling? Well, I think that criteria is up to us, Mitch. We'll decide as we go. <laughs> okay. How about you describe what is D&D for you? What is tabletop fantasy-themed role-playing games? What, what is good with it? And what are we going to try and find in these games that we're going to talk about? What is good with it? Yeah. Uh, what do you like about well, playing Well, what do you D&D? like about it? Why don't you tell me first? <laughs> I will. Okay, go. Okay. So um, when I think about it, I kind of think about like the, like the group experience, like you are a party of characters... And you were, you know, you were telling the story together. You're working together, but there's also that kind of interpersonal conflict. And like, I, I like, I like the stories that you create between characters, not just the stories that the, like the, the DM gives you. I like, you know, not just ex- exploring a story, telling it, you know, killing the monster, going to the next quest, but you know, creating those dynamics between the characters. That's like what really brings it alive for me. And and you do get that when you play. The dynamic between like working together to get something done. Yeah, working together, but also you know like doing things that you individually want. Like I really want that cool sword, so I really want to go into this forest. No one else wants to go in the forest. Hmm. Yeah, I would say the same. I mean, I obviously I like to go straight into battle, but sometimes you can't do that. Hmm. So that's what I kind of look for and I get from it. Yeah, the same sort of thing, I guess, working together to get something done. You know, if someone wants to go do their own thing, then that's sort of fine too. You got to let them go and do it. Well, on your notes, you say you like um, lots of intrigue and storyline. Is the story more important to you than the interpersonal stuff that I'm talking about? Well, looking at stuff like Descent, um, you know, you look you look at the storyline, it's quite generic what you have to do. Like, you know, goblins have come in and they've taken something and you have to chase them out of this dungeon and get get them before they run out the door. And I was like, oh, you know, that's okay. It's not that creative. But when we play, like, our Pathfinder game, for example, I was really, really impressed by by that storyline. I mean, there's books and books and books just based on this one storyline, and it's going to go for about a year, maybe a year and a half. And it's really, really intense, and I really have enjoyed, um, you know, having to investigate and go to the library and go talk, win the locals over so they tell you more information and go and explore and uncover stuff. That's what I sort of, I feel like more involved if the story's more involved. Yeah, you like engaging with the story in, in more than a sense than just reading it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. So let's start talking about games. Yes. So what we're going to try and do is find games that either capture what either of us want or more particularly a kind of about recreating that kind of party-based exploring dungeon delving experience. So I think we're going to start off with HeroQuest. HeroQuest, um, do you want me to start talking about it? Yes, I have not played it. You've never played HeroQuest? No. Okay. Uh, HeroQuest was created by Milton Bradley in 1989, so I was 10, um, and I got I got one for my birthday. I was 4. You were 4? I was 10. I was a lot older, a lot cooler. I was really playing um, role-playing games way before you were. That's okay. We don't need to talk about that. I got it for my birthday. I don't actually remember getting it. And I just remember being like blown away by it because I've never really seen anything like it before. It's I still have the original Hero Quest that I got when I was ten. Uh, it's super ratty and it's super falling apart and missing pieces. 
but I managed to keep it. Uh, my mum almost threw it out, but my sister stopped her, which is good because, uh, you know, besides the sentimental value, it is actually worth a lot of money on eBay. So, Mitch, yep. just pretend I'm an idiot for a moment. Mm. What is HeroQuest? So, HeroQuest is... Uh, like D&D, you're in this kind of fantastical world of goblins and elves and magic. So you get a board and you have to go through this sort of dungeon, I guess you could call it. I don't think it's a castle. I'm pretty sure it's a dungeon. And you're kind of like, you have an objective for each mission. Go in, find the tomb of whatever, get the, the sacred sword and come back out again. So you do have miniatures for this game, little plastic miniatures. So do you control multiple mi miniatures or do you get to be the sword guy? Well, there's four to choose from. You've got the uh, the Barbarian, which is a classic sort of Conan, long hair, loincloth, sword. You've got the Dwarf, which I, would, I was never keen on the Dwarf, but um, he's not as powerful as the Barbarian, but, you know, he's pretty cool looking. He's got a big axe like they normally mm -hmm. have. Back in the day when, when Dwarf was uh, just a class as well as a race. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you could be the Elf, which has half combat skills and half the magic so you do get to choose some magic cards and then you have the wizard which i back in 1989 they made the wizard out to be a blue robe with crescent moons on it like really really lame looking and had no interest in being a wizard at all because he looked like mickey mouse sort of yeah you know he's got the pointy hat and he's got the uh, really lame looking staff but I never was interested in using the magic. I'd rather be maybe the elf, maybe the barbarian. About eight years ago, I did manage to buy one off eBay for 50 bucks. So now I have two. And now they've gone up to about two or $300 on eBay. So if you do see one at an op shop, grab it. I just remember, you know, you go in, you're fighting goblins, you're fighting uh, mummies are there. And I'm pretty sure zombies are there. And you've got um, sort of like uh, bigger dudes are not. Not quite bugbears, but something sort of similar um, to fight. You know, they get harder, and you get the little wooden door, not uh, the wood, little cardboard doors you can put down. And and each room you go into, the uh, the game master will populate all the okay. Bits so of there's a, there's a game master as well. There's a game master. Yep. And I never liked being the game master. I always wanted to play. Okay, so the game master is the bad guy. Game master does, controls all the bad guys. He's got the sheet in front of him, and he'll go through it. Does is he allowed to kill you? Or does he have to kind of just yeah, run the no, game? No, he... It is oppositional? Yeah, yeah. He uh, he definitely moves all his characters to fight you. Mm -hmm. But they're a little bit easier to kill than what they what they probably should be. Mm -hmm. That's what I found anyway. So HeroQuest is kind of uh, what a lot of people's first experience with, like a D&D &D style type thing? Yeah, it was definitely my first experience. Um, I did some research today. Um and it was actually based on the old Warhammer world, uh, called Old World, which I'd never really heard about before. But HeroQuest did have a couple of expansions, and I managed to get two of them along the way. So it's just, you get no new miniatures, you just get sort of uh, new missions, sort of, um, you know, new stories to play mm -hmm. with and stuff like that. Um, I did manage to get two of the expansions, but I only managed to find one. I don't remember playing the second one really at all. Um, but that's okay. I'm not sure it's around somewhere. And they did do an advanced hero quest later on. I'm not sure if that was England only. You can still get that on eBay. But I think it was. I've never played it. I've never really. I've only seen the packaging. So advanced hero quest, similar art to the normal hero quest, but a bit more advanced, obviously. 
So the thing with HeroQuest is that nobody can buy it anymore unless they pay lots of money, right? Yep, that's right. <laughs> um, have you actually played it recently? The, the last time I played I have played it here. I must have been maybe a year and a half or two years ago. I played a quick game. It was a little bit maybe too kind of sort of beginner-ish. Mm-hmm. So compared to the other games that you know we're going to talk about later in the podcast, mm. should we just ignore what you've said to, so far? Uh, I, I'd say if you'd never played a role-playing game before, maybe this is the good one to start with. If you want to drop a few hundred dollars on eBay. Yeah. If, if you play as a kid, you loved it, and then you've forgotten about it, and then you're like, oh, Hero Quest, yeah. I heard that on Tabletop. You know, go on, uh, go on eBay, spend some of your hard-earned money, but make sure all the pieces are there because they've got a lot of cards and there's a lot of other stuff. And that, that is, there is a lot of nostalgia factor here at Quest, and a lot of the things that we will be dealing with, I think, are partly based on that. Like, we've got the inspiration from it, not just from D&D, but from Hero Quest, and those things are kind of merged together in the in the idea space and have come back out again. Yeah, I think I think these new games are definitely based on all these games from the 80s, the dungeon-crawling games, you know, the birth of D&D, and... Just simplify it so you can sell it at maybe like Kmart or BW or something like that, where I've never seen a D&D book at Kmart or BW. No, you won't, you won't see them no. there. <laughs> Why is that, do you know? No. Well, it's, it, we're, we're involved in a hobby market. Like we, like we are the, you know, we're in our mother's basements. Well, not anymore. We're in we're your basement. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's a, it's, it's a, you know, a very small hobby niche market compared to the thousands upon thousands of things that they sell for Monopoly and licensed toys, etc., etc. that it's just, you know, doesn't have the, the grab. So should we move on to the... Well, the uh, next thing on your I've list Dungeon is Quest. Dungeon Quest. And the reason why I bought, well, I put this on the, um, on the notes was because uh, a friend of mine had contacted me and said, I bought this game Dungeon Quest, do you want to come over and play it? So we got together and um, so he, he had bought it off eBay. Um, was this recently or as a kid? No, this... He bought it about a year ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I've never even heard of it before, so I don't know if he'd pay as a kid. I'm not sure. So what it basically is, you get the standard map. It's like a big, huge square, and it's just got it's just grids. So and then you have a pile of tiles. So each so each so there's four people, and they start at each of the corners. And the goal is to work into the middle where the sleeping dragon is, steal the gold, and come back out. So each. Uh, like space you move closer to the dragon you get a tile which you can't see the back of you put it down you flip it over and it might have nothing on it so that's good it might have a left turn or right turn or it might have like crumbling boulders or something for you to fight which you know it's pretty basic but it's it was a pretty fun game it was originally printed in sweden as dragon fortress in 1985 they still have it to this day but I think it's a more advanced sort of uh, game in Sweden now. A newer version was created in 2010 by Fantasy Flight Games, who do Descent, I'm pretty sure. They do. Yep. I can confirm. Um, They changed it from, I think it was more of a generic landscape or setting and brought it into the, I think it's called uh, Terranoth setting, which is the same as Descent and Rune Wars. I've only seen Rune Wars, I've never played it. Now... Someone told me, and so, and I've tried to research this online just before. I can't, I can't find it. But this dungeon quest is almost impossible to win. 
Yeah, I, I have heard mythical stories about, like, people that, like, they remember playing it as a kid and they just remember that, like, it was this, like, it was, like, was really cool and they were really excited to play it and then they just got, like, stomped on. Yeah, I, someone told me it was an 11% chance of winning. Yeah, actually getting to the end. So, four of us played, someone died quite quickly, I made it halfway to the dragon and died, because you flip it over, there's a pit full of spikes. And You're dead. Yeah, if you, I, I think you're dead straight away. Uh, the person who owned the game got into the dragon's lair and halfway out and died. So he got pretty close, but uh, there's nearly no chance of winning it. Uh, and I, for some reason, I really want to own it, so I am keeping my eye out for it. So you're the, the new version, which presumably is a little bit easier to survive. No, I want the original hard version. Okay, the, the one where... I, after you play it, you know, ten times, maybe one of those times you would have survived. And if you play with multiple people, <laughs> maybe someone else survived and you're still dead in the bottom of the pit. Yeah, I just want to play it so I can win just once. Just let me win once. Just one time. So before we get into the rest of the, the board games that deal with, like, the different sorts of Dungeon Dragon experience from different perspectives and kind of give, like, a cool twist on it, let's go to the direct path to Dungeons & Dragons that Wizards of the Coast have given us, which is the Dungeons & Dragons board games. Mm-hmm. So we actually started there before we started our Pathfinder games. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago, I think. Yeah, so we, we played... There's a, a few different versions you can get. There's a Legend of Drizzt, a Wrath of a Shardon on the lawn, and uh, I think there's a Castle Ravenloft one as well. Yes. Uh, Legends of Drizzt, I'm actually reading at the moment. Oh. The book. So uh, those, by the way, we're now playing... We've just started a 5th edition campaign, and we're still at the point just started because we've only done one session so far. Yep. But we've been there for a couple of months because we just haven't got back to the table. <laughs> um, the board games are fourth edition. Okay. They yeah. are they're, they're a simplified version of fourth edition. They're definitely not fifth edition. So they give you kind of uh, a really easy kind of way to play D and D and a way to experience for the first time. A couple of my friends and their kid are going through them right now. Okay. Um, so they're more kid friendly. They're, sort of... Yeah, they're a little bit more kid friendly, and they are a cooperative game. They work kind of similar to Dungeon Quest, mm-hmm. as if you remember, what we do is you kind of flip over a tile and you walk through dungeon and then things popped up based on the tiles and you fight them and you do it cooperatively. We only played one game of it. Yeah. Why did we only play one game? Why did we only play one game? Um, I don't remember. I remember... Did you like it? I remember sucking at it. Okay. I remember just being really horrible at it, but that's not uh, like uncommon. Same thing when I played Arkham Horror. I'm always left behind or lost or running in circles for some reason. Yeah, Ravenloft. Um, I remember the miniatures are cool. Yeah, they're right. Are they just all right? Yeah, all right. You don't love them? All right. No, okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember it being like really cool and just thinking, oh. And, and it kind of coming like, yeah, as you said, this was before we started playing Pathfinder. So I was like, oh, wow, this is what I remember. Yeah, this is cool. This must be the new sort of school of role-playing. Mm-hmm. But it's... Now it's two schools of role-playing, mm-hmm. you know, tabletop and normal role-playing. Well, I, I was going to say that we, we, we played that game, and I, I'd been playing television for a while, so I'm like, yeah, it's all right. And then like, like we finally convinced everyone to actually start playing tabletop RPGs, and there was no reason to go back to that, because it is a lesser experience. It is, yeah. I don't, yeah, it is, definitely is a lesser experience. Like, if someone said, oh, we, what game do you want to play tonight? I'm like, can, can we play Pathfinder, or can we play D&D? I wouldn't straight go to Ravenloft or Descent. Yeah, so the, the, the thing with the game is it, it is essentially D&D. You are playing D&D, but you're playing without the role-playing element. It's in the Forgotten Realms, I'm, I mm. assume, if it's 
if one is Drizzard, then it is. Yeah, yeah, it's Forgotten Realms. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about Forgotten Realms, I think, last pod. And you also can, by the way, you know, there's multiple games. You can combine them together to get more variability to level up further, etc., etc. Yeah, I mean, if I guess if not everyone can come for Games Night or is your normal role-playing crew and you still want to do that kind of fantasy sword and sorcery game and maybe you do want to just drink and not have to think too much about your build, building your character. I mean, I'm sure that's... Um, I mean, I'd, I'd like to play it again because I only played it like I don't know, two or three years ago or something. I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I'd like to play it again. I don't. You don't want to play it again? No, no, it's all right. It's, it's okay. okay. No, that's good. Uh, well, like, for, for me, like, the other games that we're going to talk about, I think some of them offer, like, different unique twists. Yes. So this one is just D&D Lite. That's, that's all it is. Yeah. All the other games we're talking about actually kind of, like, give you something a little bit more. Like, they give you something that you, you can't quite get when you're playing D&D. Yeah, like, Like, just... let's do a segue. Let, let's do it okay. really seamlessly. Okay. Um, like Munchkin. Like Munchkin. <laughs> See? I'm not going to go back and edit that so it is seamlessly. No. We're just going to keep going. Yeah, I don't know how to edit anyway. Yeah. I'll try. Uh, okay. I, I can you do it. You talk about Munchkin, cause, so I, I don't like Yeah, well, the, we can both talk about it. We can both have opinions. So, like, Munchkin, we can't not mention it. If we're talking about uh, board games or tabletop games, about D&D, Munchkin is, you know, the big mega seller. It's what a lot of people would have already heard of. And a lot of people like, oh, I, I want a game. I kind of... I kind of know what Dungeons and Dragons is. This Munchkin game looks cool. It's kind of funny. Mitch is shaking his head. He's angry. Why are you angry, Mitch? I don't see how you can go from Munchkin, oh, this game's cool, and then jump into, like, role-playing D&D next edition and going, oh, yeah, this is the same. They're, like, completely different. Well, they're completely or different, but it's the same. Like, experience? Like, it's not quite the same experience, but what it is, it's, like, it's, it's the same theme. Like, Common, yeah, okay. Yeah, I understand that. But did Munchkin start off magic? swords yeah yeah Yeah, that's how it was originally so what munchkin is is munchkin is a joke about D D. okay as you play the games like now what we have with munchkin is there's not just uh munchkin munchkin there's star munchkin there's cthulhu munchkin there's all different types of munchkin but what munchkin started off with was a joke on D D. and so the idea is like when you're actually playing D D, some people you play with are jerks and all they really care about is getting all the cool stuff and leveling up the characters. Yes. So Munchkin is a game where everybody you're playing with is a jerk, mm-hmm. and all they care about is getting cool stuff and leveling up the characters. So the goal is to be greedy. The goal is to be selfish, gr- greedy. But it's funny in order to be able to actually win the game, you have to be like you know the second or third most greedy person. How do you win? Like I can't remember. You, I've you, played it for ages. You uh, so the the basic mechanic of the game. Um, in case every, anyone is not aware of it, I think I'm sure a lot of people would have at least played it if they're into tabletop games. Or know someone who has it. Yeah, sure. anyway, so the basic mechanic is that you go throughout a dungeon, mm. and kind of on your turn, you encounter a monster, you open a door, kick down the door, and then you fight it. If you fight it and you win, you get to go up a level. That's cool. Yes. Um, if you fight it and you lose, you uh, get hurt, and it's not good. And so, well, as far as I can remember, you go, okay, the monsters say 10, and you've only got four... Yeah. So your friends can help you and go, I'll give you mm-hmm. my sword, that's three, and someone else, I'll give you my whatever, that's four, and then you can fight it and win. Yeah, and that, that's what may happen some of the time, but we'll, what is more likely to happen is that you'll encounter a monster that's four, and you're like, okay, I got this, and then everyone else will start playing cards right. that make it more and more powerful. That's right. So it is like a very backstabby game. Yeah. And the thing is, once you get towards the end of the game, what happens is if you're in front, everyone trounces on you, bounces you down, so you like get knocked down and have to kind of start again and build yourself up. And that keeps happening until everyone r- runs out of cards, and then the person who's 
like you know, left alive standing kind of wins the game because everyone else is too weak. I forgot about that bit. I mean, maybe that's why I don't like it because I hate backstabbing people. I, I can't do it. Yeah. You're okay with backstabbing yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're pretty good at it. Yeah. I, 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 uh, <laughs> if I have to get to you know the, if I have to get to the top of the the top of the stairs, I'm I'm not opposed to climbing over a few bodies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Yeah. The thing is. Mitch doesn't like it. I don't really like it, but... Oh, you don't like it? No. Oh, okay. Uh, a lot of people do. Oh, a lot of people do. A lot of people do. I mean, I have it, and I have Cthulhu Munchkin for some reason. But I think we've got better options. But would it be called a beer and pretzel game? Yes. Yes. So it's it's something that you, you, you kind of play. You know, you, you're just mucking around. You're playing cards. It's, it's nothing too serious. I can't even believe you wrote it down on here. Well, we have to talk about it. It's, <laughs> it's, the, it's the giant dragon in the room. <laughs> Next on our list yeah. is a Munchkin-esque type game, mm. um, which is Cutthroat Caverns. Have I played this? Yes. yes. We, we talked about this before. Yes. 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 I, I reminded you that we played it together. So Cutthroat Caverns has a lot of things similar to Munchkin, in the, and a lot of the other games that we're talking about is that it's based on the basic D&D idea is that there's a group of characters, mm-hmm. um, and they're going to go inside a dungeon and they're going to kill some monsters. Yep. So in Munchkin, you have to get to the highest level. In Cutthroat Caverns, you have to get to the end of the the dungeon and have killed the most coolest monsters. So every time you kill a monster, you get points based on that monster. Yes. And you want to be the best one at the end. You also want to be alive at the end, which is also important. Hmm. So as you go throughout the, the, the dungeon, you will play together. Like, you have to defeat the monsters together. But you not, you're not only concerned with defeating the monster because the monster will hurt you. The monsters are bad things. You're more concerned with landing the killing blow because if you land the killing blow, you get the points. That's right. So it's it's a pretty interesting game in that you have to work together, as opposed to Munchkin, you just can't like land on land on each other the whole time. You mm. can't totally mess with everyone else because eventually, what's going to come around is that monster's going to hit you. That monster's going to hurt you, and you have to try and survive. Some of the monsters in the in the game are you know not too bad. Mm. You can kind of make through when you can kind of take a little bit of damage and take your own time to see if you can try and get that killing blow. But there are some monsters which are just, like, mean, which are, like, totally just going to ruin your day. And you're like, okay, guys, we have to talk. We have to get through this together. Have you played it much? Um, I've played it a few times, yeah. So we only, we only played it... Was this one we only played about halfway through? Yeah, we didn't quite finish the, we didn't quite finish the game. The, it oh. is a few years old. It is uh, released in 2007, I believe. Hmm. And one of the fu- funny things about it is that uh, it does very feel like a very kind of, like it was released by a small publisher, and it was. So the art isn't really fantastic. No, I do it, remember, yeah. It, it, it's kind of up and down. There's a mm. few different art styles throughout it. Yep. And I think it's aged quite a bit in that it feels like too long a game in the times that I've been playing it. Yeah. Like, it, for the mechanics and kind of the theme and, like, the kind of interactions you get out of it, like it feels like it should be played in less than an hour, mm. but it is ninety minutes, kind of at least. At least, yeah. You it, ninety minutes to two hours for your first game, depending how clued in everybody is and what monsters you get. Because sometimes you'll get monsters that will come back and you'll have to fight them again. I remember I, now that you mentioned the art, I do remember it now, mm-hmm. thinking that it could have been better. But I remember the game being pretty fun. Yeah, like I, I really, really enjoy it. Yeah, I'd like to play that again. I mean. I only played half a game, but looked all right. Yeah, and, and as opposed to Munchkin, where 
you fight a monster and it is four strength mm. or something like that. And sometimes they have special abilities. The monsters in it are actually like really, really interesting. Um, and they'll do really kind of different things. Like sometimes you'll be fighting just, you know, one monster and it has health and it's going to hit you. Other times you'll be fighting monsters. And one thing we did when we played is that we were fighting this like this like evil blood mage, right? Yep. And at the start of it, like, we all had to decide what health he was mm-hmm. to start off with. So we all, like, bid a card, and that was what health he was. Okay. So we could make him weak. But hmm. his first attack was going to do twice his health and damage. Yep. So we had to kind of balance that out. And what one of the other guys did, because he decided he wanted to be a jerk, <laughs> which is okay, like, it, it, it's allowed in the game, <laughs> is that he, he put in, like, a big card... And before he fought the monster, he just, like, like you know, drank a potion that made him invulnerable. Okay. So he made the monster too hard, so someone died in that encounter, but he got through okay. <laughs> someone, or was it you? No, it wasn't me. It Are wasn't me. Sure? It wasn't me. Sounds like something you could do. No. Okay. I, I was trying to convince everyone that we had to work together. Don't do that often. No, I do. You do? Yeah. Okay. Right. I, I try and convince everyone we have to work together until I can... Until you, know, you, yeah. you come out on top. Yeah. 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 That sounds right. Yeah. yeah, so we should play that again, definitely. Okay, what, next on the list. Next one. And we're, we're just going to kind of go through these. Yeah, we have a couple to cover. Because the thing about dungeon games yep. is there is a lot of them. There appears to be a lot. And, like, I mean, like, a huge amount. We're generally talking about the games that, that we've played yep. and that, you know, really specifically fit kind of the dungeon delve thing. We're not just going to go into generic fantasy games or games that kind of slightly feel dungeon-like. Yes. So the next one we're going to talk about is Dungeon Fighter. Yes. I love that game. Okay. I mean, because it's... Do you want to marry it? Sign of... Oh, yeah, I'd probably marry it. I mean, it's so unique. Uh, and I've never... I think games that I've never... That are very unique and... Uh, Tell us about the game, Mitch. Why is it unique? Well, you brought it over one night, I remember. And, you you know, the, the board is a big target. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is interesting. And you said that we actually have to throw stuff on... Throw dice... At the target. That's what I said. And I was like, okay. I didn't lie. That's no. what we had to do. And then you build a tower to house all these cards. And uh, from memory, you go from the top of the tower to the bottom. Yeah. And they're each... the, e- e- they get, you know, progressively harder. So you fight some easy monsters first. And then as you're going through, what you're doing is there's a big target. So you're fighting things using that target, which we'll get to in a second. But you're also exploring a dungeon. And as you get through the dungeon, the dungeon gets harder. Yes, that's right. So you get like a... The start, so there's three parts to a map from memory. Yeah. First map. So this tower has, do you shuffle the cards, put them in, shuffle the next kind of difficulty, put them yeah, in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You put Something a couple like in from each, yeah. So you get yeah. a good amount of variability. And then to fight the monster, you draw a card, and it tells you to, like, throw the dice, mm-hmm. like, like over your head, or jump up and spin around and throw it, mm-hmm. or... So the core mechanic of the game is there is a big target. And what you got to do is you got to throw a dice. you got to bounce it once before it lands on the target, and then based on where it's landed is how much damage it does. So get it right in the middle, that's good. Yes. It does a lot of damage. Get it on the outside, not so great. Not so good. And there's also a couple of holes in the middle. If you get it there, you missed entirely. Sand bunkers. Yeah. So you, you throw a dice, and there's a few different color dices, and those will activate special abilities. So if you throw the dice, it lands on it, and then it comes up a special symbol. A cool thing happens and you get to activate one of your cool class powers. Mm. You all have, like, different guys. So you'll talk a little bit between yourself, like, oh, I want the green dice, because if I get the green dice, then I will do more damage against this guy, or it'll let me heal you, or, or we'll do something like that together. So that's the basic game. But as you go throughout the dungeon, you'll encounter monsters. Yep. And 
some of them will be easy, like they will have no special abilities, they'll just be some goblins with some damage, yep. and some of them will be special monsters and they'll make you throw the dice in a different way. Yep. Some of them you'll have to, you know, hop on one leg or throw it from underneath the table so you'll have to like crouch down and just kind of try and launch it up or you'll have to jump up and turn around which makes it obviously harder and then what you can then do is you get weapons and weapons do the exact same thing so if you have a weapon you might have to um like instead of just generally throwing the dice you might have to throw it using a friend's hand so and then if you combine that with a monster you have to do it with a friend's hand under the table while jumping on one leg (laughs) maybe that's why i liked it because it was kind of physical instead mm-hmm. of sitting there just looking what you're doing you have to like okay get up push the chair back what do i have to do i've got to jump and throw throw it like between my legs or something like that and try and get in the middle it definitely takes it apart away from the traditional games that are more mm-hmm. the dungeon crawling and that's what well that's what i was trying to say before like the dungeon dragons board games they were D light they didn't offer anything different but this is yeah. like a different experience yeah yeah so you've played this one a lot uh, a few times, yeah. a few times. Um, the thing is, it is a dexterity game, mm. so not everyone I play with are, re- are really into dexterity games. Okay. So I get it out like occasionally at like gaming groups and whatever, if people are interested in dexterity games. Yep. Um, I've had a bit of a mixed response with it. Like We found it actually pretty easy, didn't we? Yeah. Yes. Um, the first time I played it, there were some people I was playing with and they just could not hit the target, and they were losing their... <laughs> well, I remember going, oh, that stuff. was a practice shot. I just had practice shot. Yeah, well, no, you Couple we, times. we have a few practice shots first, and <laughs> then we get rules. serious. Yeah, house yeah. rules. So I, I think the difficulty, like, it, like most of the time it's pretty easy, mm. but then what happens suddenly is there's some things that are just, like, impossible to do. There's, like, one move that's really, really hard. So for me, the difficulty was a little bit... Uh, Jumping up and spinning around yeah, and throwing the dice. That's and impossible. And trying to get it in the middle. That that's impossible. Hard. You end up just, just throwing dice at your friends. Yeah, because we were upstairs, I think, mm. on the table. And, you know, you need a little bit of room and jump and spin. Like, uh, dice goes on the couch, try it again, jump and spin. But, I mean, I like that sort of stuff. It was cool. Yeah. Um, and, once again, you know, beer, pretzels, have a fun time. Yep. Don't knock your beer over onto your, yeah. onto your game. Yeah. Uh, you, you probably need a separate table for beer and pretzels and a separate table for the game. Mm. Um, the beer and pretzels maybe have to be behind some sort of screen. But I'm sure you'll work like it out. Like a pretzel screen? Yeah, a pretzel screen. Maybe. A screen made of pretzels. Maybe you're onto something yeah. there. All gamers need it. I don't, know. I don't eat pretzels when I play, though. It's not no. pizza. Yeah, pizza and uh, popcorn. Popcorn, yeah. Um, next game? Next game. I don't know what this game is. Oh, okay. So a, a couple of these games I've, I've, I've just played by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, not all just by myself, just not with Mitch. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I wanted to kind of briefly tackle them as we're going through stuff. So the next one is Defenders of the Realm. Mm, sounds uh, good. Have you played Pandemic? I've played the iPad app version. Okay. So Pandemic is a very popular cooperative game mm-hmm. in which you play a team of kind of medical, me- medical guys, scientists, etc., etc., trying to save the world from a plague, or actually multiple plagues. So you have to try and, you know, like, um, cure diseases and prevent them from spreading Mm. and eventually kind of try and find the cure together so you can stop that disease and essentially you're trying to save the world from these terrible, terrible diseases. And Defenders of the Realm has a very similar kind of feel. Yeah. So you are trying to essentially, like, put out fires as you you go. Like actual fires? Not actual fires, actual goblins. Okay. 
So instead of disease cubes, yep. you are actually fighting, you know, like, uh, uh, there's goblin like an cubes. undead race mm. and like a goblin race and a demon race mm. and a race of dragon kin. So th- those are different things you fight. So instead of going there and doing a card and curing an action, you're going there, you're rolling dice, you're trying to kill the individual goblins. And eventually, like, what you have to do is you have to try and collect enough cards so you, not only can you destroy the goblins, you can destroy the goblin king. Okay. So everyone has to kind of, you know, get all the cards together, work together, and then make, make like, a big attack on the goblin king. And, you know, sometimes it might work, hmm. and sometimes the dice might hit you and you die. So it's a board? It's yeah, it's, a board, a, really? it's yeah. a board, you move around, and okay. essentially you're, you're also trying to complete quests, and when you complete those quests, yep. you sometimes get special items that will help you, you know, throughout the game. Do you own this game? I do not own this game. Oh. I played it with a friend. Can you buy it? Uh, it's actually, it'll probably be actually reasonably cheap now. It's, it's, it's a little bit older. It wasn't too popular. Hmm. But it's Never definitely, it. the graphic design is terrible. It's like <laughs> really? really, really horrible. <laughs> really, really horrible. It appears that it's important to us that the graphics are good. Yeah, no, well, like, normally, like, I won't really, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit, hmm. but, like, we'll generally talk about, like, art if it just doesn't feel quite right, but in this one, the graphic design is terrible. There's, like, text when it's red and it's slightly hard to read. And it, and it like, actually uses Comic Sans, which is, like, it's, like, a joke on the internet. Like, you know, do not use Comic Sans. No. Because it looks horrible. And it, like, literally uses it. <laughs> oh, jeez. Jeez. Um, yeah, uh, so Defenders of the Realm, I think when I described it, it sounded exciting, didn't it? It, it sounded exciting. Like, I was like, you should buy us. We should play it. Yeah, it was okay. There's no figurines, so the whole thing is cubes. No, 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 it, the, cubes. You, you, you figurines. You, you are figurines. Yeah, you've oh. got figurines, and you've actually got, like, when you fight the dragon, he's a big dragon dude. Oh, okay. Yeah, and you, you've got, like, a variety of, like, different characters you can be. So you can be the paladin, the wizard, the sorceress, the rogue, and you not only have unique powers, but you have, like, an individual character. Okay. Um, For, for me, hmm. like, it just didn't quite... It didn't quite sing enough for me. Okay. It it seems like there's got a lot of great things in it, mm. but uh, as opposed to like some of the other games that we've talked about, where you feel like you know that you you've kind of got like a little bit of teamwork, but maybe you, you know you want to try and do your own thing. Um, similar to how Pandemic can feel, it can kind of feel that like what you're trying to do is solve a puzzle. Yep. And I don't feel that like you kind of really get the real D and D experience that I want. Because it sounds like you do, mm. but you must play it and. No, doesn't do it. It doesn't do it for me. It might do it for you. Well, I want to check it out after we finish recording and have a look at it. You never know. I mean, could be my next favorite game. I don't know. Hmm. Probably not though. So it is a cooperative game. So you can play it. Um, like a lot of cooperative play games, you can actually play it solo. Yep. You could sit, you know, by yourself in this little room okay. and pretend you know your four different characters. So you don't need a dungeon master. No, you don't no? need a dungeon okay. master. 100% cooperative. Mm. Everyone's working together all the time. Everyone is best friends. Oh, best friends. Best friends forever. <laughs> um, like a lot of cooperative games, like what you can have, and it's less than this one because you actually, like decisions are never, this is the right decision because mm. like it's always like, okay, I might do it. I think I kind of have to do it now. Okay. Um, but there is like a little bit of a, what we call a quarterback issue in which case if there's like one guy who like thinks he knows the right thing that's going to do yep. he can kind of run the game for everyone else going hey i think you should go over here now i think that's really the right decision no you shouldn't do that no no you should definitely do this <laughs> and that can kind of uh take away um people's games a little bit okay um what i do to combat that is i don't play with jerks 
So you find there's this quarterback maybe in every other group yeah. who wants to lead the way? You know, it, it, it's something that kind of comes up in cooperative games, and there are, like, several ways to deal with it. Like, you know, you have hidden traders or mm. or something to, like, nullify there being a correct decision. Mm. But for me, like, even for Pandemic, which is, you know, very subject to someone running the game for you because there is kind of right decisions in that game and there's a lot less luck, I just find that you just shouldn't play with those people because they're generally jerks. I'm more of a follower anyway. Yeah. You want to go that way? Yeah, let's go that way. Okay. Even so, if I don't think we should. Yeah, we'll play together and I'll tell you what to do. It'll be fun. I'll tell you what to do. <laughs> I'll lead the way. I'll be a quarterback okay. for once. So that's Defenders of the Realm. Yeah. Note, put a tick beside that. Look that up later. Our, our next one is a little bit of a funny one. Did you say you'd played this before? Have you played Lords of Waterdeep? Yeah, we played it. Did we? I'm thinking of something else. Maybe. Am I? What's the one Tony has? Oh, no, that's... that's Ravenloft. Yeah. So... No, I haven't played. Lords of Waterdeep yep. is, um, like the other games, it is a licensed D&D game. Mm -hmm. So you are playing in the Forgotten Realms. I have heard of this, yeah. You, you will see, you know, uh, characters, etc., etc., and owlbears, etc., etc., like city, pop -ups. City names, yeah. etc., yep. So everything that you've seen from the Forgotten Realms will, yep. might pop up. You might see pictures of Beholders. You might see, you know, your favorite character. Beholders still around? Yeah. Okay. Um, Owlbears, as I mentioned before, which are... Drizzit. Yeah, Drizzit. I don't think Drizzit pops up in this one. Yeah. But some other characters might. You might. So, but the difference with this one is that it is absolutely nothing like a D&D game at all. Oh, really? No. Why? Absolutely none. Why? So in this game, instead of controlling adventurers... You control the person controlling the adventurers. You control the person controlling the adventurers. Yes. Okay. So what you do on your turn mm. is that you move adventurers around the city and get them to fulfill quests. Yeah. So you say, okay, I there's this quest over here. I need to get some fighters, a wizard, and a rogue. Mm -hmm. And if I get those guys, they will be able to you know, kill this bad guy. Okay. Or they will out be able to free the temples from the goblins, like I, I need some priests for that or whatever. So you move things around and in order to complete those quests, and you have to you know, use those fighters, and then they, they come back to you. Or actually, you, know, you use them up, and then you have to try and recruit more fighters to complete more quests. That sounds cool. Um, it, 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 it's all right. It's okay. Um, what I'd say, it is actually a, a good game. Mm. It's like a really, really solid game, and a lot of people quite enjoy it. But the thing is, it is nothing like D&D. &D. Mm. The only reason I mention that is that because it does have that like, exact D&D &D theme, it can kind of fill a place in your group. Okay. So if, for example, you play uh, mainly things like you know, Settlers of Catan yeah. and those kind of more dry Euro games, and you want to maybe try and push people towards maybe starting a D&D &D group, yep. you can start with this one because this is actually a, a Euro game. It is a worker placement game. And a lot of the people that I've, I've played with, it, like game groups and stuff, mm. um, instead of calling them fighters, uh, rogues, and wizards and yeah. stuff, because they've all got individual names, yeah. when you play the game, you don't get miniatures, you just get little cubes. Okay. So they'll say, okay, I need three orange and, and two red to do this. Mm -hmm. And that means, you know, three fighters. Oh, there's no red. Three fighters and two wizards, which are purple cubes. Okay. This sounds pretty good. I'd like to give that a shot. And I have uh, heard of it. Yeah. Um, it is quite popular. Yeah. And so the other thing that it can do is that if you're the other way, if, you're go if your friends like playing D&D, &D, you can say, oh, this is this D&D &D game, and then you can try and move them into different types of board games that you might like to play. So this is your duplicitous trick game. So start Munchkin, work in down to Dungeon Fighters, mm -hmm. Lords of Waterdeep, and then maybe... Yeah, then you, then you can start Pathfinder bringing... Pathfinder or something. 
Oh, no, then you can start bringing in um, dry, boring Euro games, like Settlers of Catan. Well, that's not boring, <laughs> but yeah. Is it boring? No, it's all right. Yeah, I've only played it once. Oh, yeah. I want to play it more, though. It's all right. Oh, okay. You have it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I have it, but it's actually in quite a, a mess at the moment because I used all of the things for prototype pieces. Okay, wow. That's what they're there for. Yep. Do you want to read out your, 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 your joke here? Oh, I wrote a joke on the notes. Mm, I saw that. Mitch is telling me to read it out now. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, so we've kind of just like rushed through all these games, and we're going to slow down for a, a little bit of a minute and have a little break with some filler games. So these games, they're dungeon-themed. They kind of deal with dungeon del- delving in a pretty similar way, mm. but they're you know quite quick. So what you might do is this might be you know for when you're you're about to sit down for a, a game and your barbarian's stuck in traffic or your bard is on the toilet and he's you know going to be there for like 20 minutes. That's the joke that was written down. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've played these games waiting for people to turn up, exactly what you just yeah. said. Yeah, and so it keeps everything in the theme instead of playing a different type of game. It's a warm-up. Yeah, it's a little warm-up. Get your brain clicked over to what you're about to do, the big game. This first game you've got here, Dungeon Roll. I don't think I've played it. No, you, you haven't played it. That's one of those games that I've played, and this happens a lot because I... Uh, I try and play as many games as I can. It's one of those... I play it, and I'm like, okay, this is a game, and I don't really want to play it again, so I'm not going to buy it. (laughs) Um, So Dungeon Roll was, like, a very big Kickstarter success uh, a few years ago now, maybe two years. Mm -hmm. Um, And what it is is it's a a little dice game. Kind of think of it like zombie dice, but with more stuff happening. I love zombie dice. So similar to zombie dice, everybody has a turn Mm. where they roll dice, and they have to do stuff. So you roll dice, and when you roll dice, suddenly an adventure parting appears. Okay. So you'll roll dice and you'll have some wizards, you'll have some clerics, you'll have some fighters, and you'll have like a cool warrior guy, and then you have to use that to go through a dungeon. I might have played this. So you'll pull up a dungeon card, and then you'll use those dice to fight those, yeah. and then you'll take it away, and then you'll try and do a dungeon, the other dungeon card, etc., etc. There was a derby, a roller derby games night, Okay. and I rocked up at night. Mm-hmm. I think we played this. Okay. Oh, yes, we may have. It comes in the treasure chest. Yes, that's it. And we didn't like it, so we stopped no. playing it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the game. I have played No, I don't like it either. But the way you described it, uh-huh. it sounds good. Yeah. I was like, oh, sounds pretty cool. Yeah. Well, whenever I, I try and ex- explain, like, I try and get people to play games with me, so I try and explain them in, you know, exciting ways. Exciting, yeah. Positive. Yeah. Um, I don't remember what we didn't like about it. Do you remember? Um, for me, mm-hmm. um, it feels like, essentially, you have a turn, yep. and on that turn... Uh, no one else gets to do anything. It's just you. Yep. Everyone sits and watch you, watch you do stuff. And <laughs> what you're doing is you're trying to work out, um, based on the roll of the dice, the best answer to a solution. Mm. Uh, so the similar thing that I don't like to Defenders of the Realm, I don't really like problem-solving games too much. And so this feels very much like problem-solving. It feels like there's a right answer in order for you to get to the dungeon. And you can push your luck a little bit. You can say, okay, I think I have enough to get through this. Yeah. But generally what will happen is that people will go, okay, I've got this many dice left. I don't think I can take any more. I'm going to you know, settle up and then go again. And then yeah. it kind of goes around slowly and nobody's really engaging with one another. Like no. you, don't get that, you don't get that party feel for, one, for, mm. for first of all. Yep. And you don't get any interaction and you don't really get a story because it's you know, pretty abstract of you. Okay, I'm fighting a monster one by one. So, yeah. That might be why we stopped. Is there a lot of pieces as well? No. A medium amount. No, okay. Um, the next one you do remember playing, because we played it a few times. I do, I love this one. Um, this is Dungeon of Mandem. Now, you got this 
overseas somewhere. Yeah, th- th- this is going to be one of those things where we're like, this is like a really fun game, but you can't play it. So we're kind of jerks for talking about it. Um, th- well, they, they can't buy it? No, you can't buy it. At all? Uh, it's, g- it's, it's real hard. It's going to be hard to find because it's uh, Japanese. Okay, so you've walked into a store and bought it. I walked into a store in Japan and bought it. <laughs> I um, really liked it. Yeah, we've played it a couple of times here. And um, do you want to explain it? Because I don't think I'm bad. Sure, yeah. sure. So like a lot of the other games we talked about, um, there's a dungeon. You're a couple of guys. You're standing outside the dungeon. And one of you is going to go in, and you're trying to you know egg each other on. So the basic gameplay mechanic is on your turn, you pick up a card, and there's a monster on that card. You can choose to either put that uh, monster in the dungeon, in which case one of you is going to fight it, or you put it outside the dungeon, but you take away a piece of equipment that is used to fight monsters. Now, you're the only one that sees this monster, yes. so you decide, high monster, keep it out, or high monster, put it in. Mm. And throughout the game, so you, you'll have some sort of information, and the monster dungeon deck is going to get more dangerous and more dangerous because people are putting more monsters in it, but they're also taking out the equipment you'll need to fight it. So you might take away, like, the Holy Grail, and the Holy Grail lets you kill all undead monsters. So once you've taken that out, any undead monster inside the dungeon is going to, like, hurt you bad. Mm. Or you might take out a torch, and a torch isn't really that helpful. It, it just kills, um, like, weak monsters, like goblins and orcs and something, or, you know, those little guys, which are pretty easy to take care of. Like, they only do a little bit of damage, but if that dungeon pile is pretty big, like, that could be enough to kill you. So it goes from you knowing what you've put in yeah. and then assessing what people are taking out. And you've got to try and decide if you want to go in mm-hmm. or stay in or opt out. Yeah. So the, the thing that you really do on your turn is you have two options. Hmm. The first option is you take a card and then you decide what you do with that card. That's part of the first option. The second option is you say pass. And once you say pass, you're out of the dungeon. Hmm. You're not going in. Once everyone but one player has passed, that player goes in the dungeon. Yep. So you have to, you don't have a choice when you're going in. Eventually everyone's going to like, I'm not going in, kick the last guy in, he's going in. So you have to kind of skirt the edge of making the dungeon hard enough that you can jump out at any, any time and try and get the person who goes in killed, but easy enough that you have enough knowledge that you're like, okay, I think I can still take this. I know <laughs> that I'm, I should keep in the game or I should step out. I remember playing it and thinking, one more. And then I'm out. And then someone goes, I'm out, pass, next person, pass. Oh, no. Now I have to go into the dungeon, and I know what I've put in there. And the equipment that's left, it's not going to be good enough to fight these things. But then, you know, sometimes you do fight them, and you do win. And that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, like you, you, you it, like it, it's a really enjoyable game, because, like, you feel like when you... Th- successfully throw someone in the dungeon to their death it's fun and when you get through the dungeon you know like by the skin of your teeth it's also really fun like you feel that like you've made an accomplishment like you made like the right decision now there's a, a health card that you flip over red and green or something. yeah is yeah that? so uh, the, the way you win or lose the game is that you either go through the dungeon twice um the first time you go through you twist your card one way and the second time you go through you win the way you get knocked out of the game is that you can go through the dungeon twice and die. So the first time you die or you get beat up, you turn the card over onto its red side. Mm. So that means that you're bloodied. Second time you're dead. Um, if everyone else is dead and you're not dead, you win. Otherwise, it, you have to make it through twice. It is the words are in Japanese, but we see the pictures, right? That's how you, we. No, there, there's um, both Japanese and English on the cards. Oh, okay, I reckon you should better get it online by now, surely. Um, I don't think it's released anywhere else in Japan. Um, the guys who did King of Tokyo, mm. 
um, ILO, they are releasing a game, like Onboard Game Geek. It is um, listed, but it's only listed as a French version at the moment, so I'm not sure what's happening. Oh, okay. Um, well, if you know anyone going to Japan, mm -hmm. make them get you one. Or if you know how to look up pictures on the internet, um, and then you could maybe just... Downloadable? Is, no, it? is that what you're saying? No, I'm just saying, like, if there was pictures on the internet, like, you could maybe <sighs> just... And then you had a copy somehow. Yeah, I'd recommend getting it. It's good. As we said before, just playing while you're waiting for someone. Mm. I don't think I could play it all night. No. I could play it, you know, a couple of rounds. You know, you're always laughing and drinking some beer and then go and do something else or play a different game. And, uh, like... I, I tend to play a lot of games, and this is one of the games that, like, I've introduced to a few people quite a few times. They're like, oh, I really like this. Mm. I'm going to go home, and because I can't buy one, I'm going to make my own version. Someone said that to you? Yeah. Did they go and do it? Yeah. Same monsters and everything? Well, what a lot of people have done is that they've, they've made uh, versions based on, like, their old magic cards. So they just, like, put stickers and stuff on them. Oh, no. Wrecking magic cards. You you know that like people have like just shoe <sighs> boxes date, and, yeah, yeah and shoe boxes full of magic cards they will never ever use. Well, I'm playing magic tomorrow, so I'm not putting stickers oh. on mine. Okay, well you can put sleeves and you can put like little notes in sleeves. those sleeves. Yeah, put them in sleeves and just yeah. keep them. Um, so you can't buy it now. In the future, you may be able to buy it. Yeah, keep an eye out for it. Definitely. That looks like that is all the games we have. Oh, we we, we have one more little one, filler game. Oh yeah. Um, which is. You have kind of played this game because um, it's uh, it's Love Letter. Do you remember playing Love Letter? Yeah. Um, but it's not Love Letter because Love Letter is like a super popular game. Yep. Um, so now they've also got Loot Letter, oh. which is um, like Love Letter, but it's Munchkin. Munchkin? Yeah. Loot Letter. So it's got the exact same mechanics, like yep. the exact same cards, hmm. but they've just got different art. So it's got a Munchkin art. So if you like Munchkin, if I you hate like Munchkin art. Or if you like the um, the kind of cartoony art style, or at least you like the theme, instead of getting Love Letter, which has um, got this kind of Renaissance mm. um, European, uh, where you're trying to get a, a love letter to a princess, yep. you can get the Munchkin art, and in the Munchkin game, you are probably trying to get someone killed. I don't know. Or fight a monster. Yeah. Something like um, that. The, the mechanics are like exactly the same. Exactly. It's the exact same game, just different art. But... Mm -hmm. Um, so they're doing that with Loot Letter they've already done. There's a couple more on the way, because Love Letter is, um, a very fun game. I haven't actually told you anything about Love Letter, have I? I've played Love Letter once, yeah. but I don't remember it. Um, Love Letter is this reasonably simple game, um, like Dungeon of Mandan, like, you can play it quickly, you can play a number of rounds, yep. um, and essentially what you're trying to do is you're trying to either get the highest number, so you want to try and get the Love Letter to the Princess, and the way you get Love Letter to the Princess is you have the high num highest number at the end of the game. Or you try and knock other people out. So you can knock other people out by having cards that let you guess their cards, um, and etc., etc. It's not sounding too exciting when I'm explaining it now, but it is, for me, like a really fun game. It's, it's one of those games where if you're playing with the right group of people, you know, like, you'll be laughing half the time because you'll have those those slight little bits of, uh, like, hilarity where, mm. like, you've just managed to guess the right thing, like, just off the top of your head. Yep. Or, you know, that they, they keep, you know... Thinking you're the thing and you're not the thing. <laughs> so it, it can be like a really, really enjoyable game. Um, but what I was trying to say is that the, they've got Love Letter, they've got Loot Letter, same game. Yep. They've also got a Batman Love Letter on the way, oh, which that. is slightly different. I get that. And a Hobbit Love Letter as well, which is uh, also slightly different. I get Batman. Yeah. I say I'm not a Batman fan, but I probably am. I kind of am. Mm. 
You've got here written Mitch should and then nothing after it. Do you remember what that was? I was going to say Mitch should get the Batman version. Oh, yes, I will. Okay, cool. Batman love letter. Batman love letter. Are you trying to get a letter to Catwoman? Uh, no, you're Poison trying to get Ivy. a you're trying to get a punch. A punch. Yeah, one you're punch. Del- you're delivering punch. One punch. Yeah, you you, you get points for KOing oh, villains. I don't know if I like that now. Yeah, I'll, I will get it. I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. Um, do. I've I've talked about Descent. I just thought I'd quickly mention it. Um, we didn't talk about it here really because we haven't played it yet. Um, it's, it's on our list of things to play. Yeah, it's. But we we're, we're kind of having the same issue that we have with the Dungeons and Dragons board game. Whereas, like, if we can get everyone together, we're more likely to play Pathfinder. Yes, that's the that's the issue I'm finding now. Like, I really want to play Descent. I've been watching YouTube instruction videos. I've I've started reading it. I'm about halfway through knowing how to play it. I've gotten it out. I've set up the maps and I've read through them. But yeah, like you said, if everyone gets together, you want to play for six hours, play Pathfinder or D&D. No one wants to play this board game. But if you are having a problem where like you can't get a D&D game started, you can't get someone to be your dungeon master, then Descent is definitely an option. Yeah, I mean, Descent came with a lot of cool figurines which I've been thinking about painting, but I don't think I'm going to be very good at it because I think you need to buy some proper... You can get Boom to teach you. Yeah, Bo- well, Boom is our Pathfinder game master. Yeah, he said that I could give them to him and he'd paint them for me, which is probably a better idea than yeah. me trying to paint them. But, um, but uh, d- don't do that because he said we can't play Space Hulk until he's painted his miniatures. Oh, and he's probably going to do the same thing with Imperial Assault. He had half painted them when I okay, was cool. over there last time. He showed me. But what I thought about learning descent and then maybe inviting other people over that I know are into tabletop games and a bit of fantasy. Okay. So I have a couple guys who I've never played games with, but if I say, "Hey, beer, my house, we're playing this game descent. It's going to take maybe an hour or two. Could go through a couple of missions. I'm sure they'd be keen to come over." But and then, then when they get there, you're like, "Lock the doors." Four hours later, it's <laughs> legal. We're playing Arkham. Um, a wish list. Yeah, so um, we talked about games that we've actually played because, you know, that's what we can actually talk about. Yes. Um, so on the wish list, top of the wish list, we're going to try and play Descent. Yep. Or at least you are going to try and play Descent. I never like being the dungeon master or the game master. I'd rather be a participant. But because it's my game and I own it, then I feel like I should be. You're going to be the overlord? So, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to have to learn it. But, I mean, you do get to, you guys get to control one person. Mm. I get to control maybe three or four. So uh, a similar game to Descent, and it's you know got a similar uh, one versus many mechanic. You control adventurers. You're trying to take down a boss. Is Super Dungeon Explore, and mm. it's uh, just like Descent, but it's got like a video game theme. So it's like you're controlling like video game characters trying to defeat the boss in like an old kind of 16-bit style video game. It's like Wreck-It Ralph sort of. Uh, like well. Yes, a computer game character, but not not non computer game characters. No, yeah, like like they're they their own made up thing. Okay, um, and they've also got you know kind of cute chibi style artwork, so kind of like the big headed uh, Japanese stuff. I was gonna say it sounds Japanese, Super Dungeon Explore. Yeah, so it, it's got that kind of neat theme. I've got another friend who's got that game, and I'm waiting for him to put together the miniatures before we can play it. Put them together. Yeah, so uh, paint them. Uh, no. As in, you know, like like you know, just like assemble them. Oh. Okay. Do they yeah. need assembling? Yeah, a lot of them need assembling. Like, oh. you have to, like, you know, cut them out, take out the exacto knives, and just, sh- sh- you know, chop off the edges oh, okay. so they can all fit together properly. Okay. 
So there's that. Um, there is also because you seem so excited about dungeon exp- uh, about does dungeon fighter. Dungeon fighter, yeah. There is catacombs. Catacombs. So catacombs is similar to descent in mm. that that you know, actually, are you? Hmm. Oh. I d- I'm not sure whether it's one verse many or whether it's like you're just going through a dungeon. But the main mechanic of the game is that you get to flick discs. So that's the way like you move through. You have like a guy and you flick him and he moves through the dungeon. Like pogs. Yeah. Kind of like Pogs. Okay. If that's how Pogs work, I don't know how I Pogs work. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know what oh, Pogs are. No, I do. That they're the same discs yeah. shape. So you, you move those through, and like if you're an archer, you have to you know flick like little arrows and stuff. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it. Um. I was really really close to buying the Kickstarter for that. You should have. Yeah, I should have. Why didn't I, I? I didn't have enough Is money. Is it over now? It's over. It'll get to stores eventually. That's the thing with these Kickstarter games, you do have to give them at one hundred and thirty dollars, and then wait eight or nine months. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's... That's uh, bummer, but... Yeah, a lot of my board game cash is, you know, stuck up in Kickstarters at the moment, but I still have enough to play. So if you keep the cycle of funding these Kickstarters, hopefully you'll be getting them yeah. every couple months coming yeah, in yeah. finally, like, what is this? Oh, yeah, I bid on that or helped that out like a year ago. Yeah, I've actually got a... Just received a couple of Australian Kickstarter games, um, ones that we've probably talked about on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, 101. Oh yeah, we played that. Yeah, the yeah we played that for the cyberpunk the... one. Yeah. So I've got I've got that already. I've also got Rise to Power. Okay. Which is a city building strategy card game, mm-hmm. um, done by a, a local designer as well. Brisbane or Australia? Uh, Gold Coast. Gold Coast. He says he's from Brisbane. Oh well. But he's from the Gold Coast. If you're in the Gold Coast, that's where you are. Yeah, that's where he is. <laughs> I might see him at a Supernova in April. Yeah, um, we were maybe talking about going to some pop culture stuff together. Me and you? Uh, no, me and him. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. My other friend. I'll be there anyway. <laughs> yeah. We'll maybe see you there. Yeah. I'll be signing books. Anyway, so that kind of brings us close to the end of the pod. Yeah, so we've we've rushed through the games. Now let's take a second. Take a breather. Big, big, big deep breath. We'll take a short rest. Recover oh. our hit dice. Hmm? Making jokes yeah, about, yeah. you know, how we play the games. Mm-hmm. And they've got these turns in them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, and let's just say. Yep. We can't actually get our group together for some reason. The the wizard's off doing other things, or our dungeon master doesn't have time to prepare things. But we want to get together, we want to play a game, and we want to get that kind of D&D experience. Yep. Out of the stuff we've talked to, what do you want to get to the table? I'm going to go into Santa again. Okay. And I would like to play Lords of Waterdeep. That sounds cool. And Ravenloft again. Okay. Um, I, I'm going with Cutthroat Caverns. Yeah, I'd like to play that again as well. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that's a really enjoyable game. My only kind of niggle about it, okay, the art's not fantastic. We completely ignore that because it is. A oh, really we did f- after a while. Yeah, yeah, like it's definitely a fun game. The the one thing is, it just like takes just that that little bit too long. But the more each player learns how to play it, yeah. would that be quicker? Or no, it's just generally the game is long. It'll be quicker, but it's not going to be under an hour. Like I feel for the type of game it is, it should be less than an hour. I mean. We played the X-Wing game. Mm-hmm. What's it called again? Uh, uh, X-Wing Miniatures. Uh, yeah. And that took, that was like two or three hours. Mm-hmm. But at the end of it, you are exhausted. It didn't seem like that long. Mm-hmm. So when you, I mean, we look, we played that game maybe for an hour and then we had to stop. But I'm definitely willing to put another, like an hour, two hours into it. No, okay. It wouldn't bother me. Like if you're playing two or three games a night, I mm-hmm. mean, then, then your night's kind of done. Yeah, yeah. But... I say, like, if you're generally playing, you're probably not playing for, like, six hours in a night. You're maybe playing for four. So I would prefer yeah. to be able to play, like, three games and 
that 90 to, to two hours could just kind of, for me, takes up too much of the bulk. Mm. Whereas, like, Dungeon Fighter, Dungeon Fighter, Fighter is pretty much an hour. So, you so have... I'd like to be able to play, you know, Dungeon Fighter, um, do some other stuff, and, and then play Cutthroat Caverns. So you're looking at how fun a game is mm-hmm. and how long it takes to play. But it's, it's like, definitely an enjoyable game. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we can definitely play that. So that was your question. If you if you can play D and D, what else would you like to play? Mm-hmm. And you haven't played Hero Quest, so we should play play that one day. You don't mm. want to play it? You, you didn't seem like that that that. Well, I've got a, like Descent is not hard to learn. You just got to go through, and like it's so good having the forums and and the uh, the the YouTube tutorials to go. Okay, I don't understand this bit. Go on, learn it. So. After Descent, I'd have to go back and relearn mm-hmm. Hero Quest because I haven't played it since I was, you know, played it once mm-hmm. in the last 20 years or something. Mm-hmm. The other things which we haven't kind of mentioned, like what we have talked about is, you know, explicit Dungeons and Dragons games. Of course, you can play different games. And there are quite a few games mm-hmm. that kind of do things similar to Descent. So our friend has got um, Imperial Assault, um, which is essentially Star Wars Descent. My friend? Yes. Who? Boom. He's got Imperial... Assault. Oh, did it, I know that? Yeah, yeah. We've been talking about it. Yeah. Um, so that is essentially Star Wars Descent. You uh, you control heroes. They are Star Wars heroes. Yeah. You are fighting against the Empire. That wasn't a Kickstarter. That's just normal. No, he, no. he, he just bought that straight off the boat. <laughs> he pre-ordered off the boat, and then they gave it to him. Cool, yeah. Um, that's a fantasy flight game as well. So it's by the same guys who made Descent. What's the game, and I want to mention it because I want to buy it, that's X-Wing for Dragons. Uh, D&D Attack Wing. Attack Wing. There's is that it. out yet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it out. is? Okay. It, it's definitely out. It's one of those games where, you know, the starter pack's like 50 bucks, mm-hmm. and you get like two dragons or something. Yeah. So some of these games, you do need a crew of people mm-hmm. who are like, you know, same with Magic or Netrunner. Yeah. Like you need to join where people are going to contribute. And I say, I'd say I'm struggling right now. To both get X-wing played hmm. and and to get um, Netrunner played as well. I I just can't Netrunner like it looks cool and it looks it's everything that I should like, but I just I can't get into it. I don't. I think it's because I had just learnt Magic, mm-hmm. and that was hard enough to get half decent at it, and I, I just can't pick up another game and relearn it because it's completely different mechanics. And yeah, well, it is completely different mechanics, but you you really need to have your own set. Like yes. And you just weren't quite sold enough on that. No, I think if I understood how to play it more, because each time we play it, I'm like, what does this mean again? What does this mean? Like, I really, you know, it takes me ages and ages to learn something. But you never know, maybe Netrunner's in the future. Who knows? It's, uh, there's, I still really enjoy Netrunner, and there's some just, like, really fantastic kind of things about the game, the strange things it does, like, the thematic things it does. But unfortunately, I just don't quite have enough time to play it. I am trying to, I've got, like, a few draft packs, um, I've got enough draft packs for six players, oh. and I'm like uh, taking some out, etc., just to make like a really good four-player draft. Can you play more than like me versus you at a time? You can have three people playing. Uh no, you can just do two. Just on two. one on one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. You go one on one, and then another one on one. Because magic, you can do. Yeah, you can do multiple plays. Uh, I, I'm there's a, <laughs> there's another one I'm looking at. There's another one I'm looking at that uh, I'll talk about later. We'll maybe get to in our cowboy episode if we do a cowboy episode. Is there enough games to do a cowboy episode? Yeah, sure. I haven't played. I haven't played them all yet, but we'll we'll get on it. Do you reckon they did a Dark Tower game? Anyway, I'll find that out. There may have actually been a Dark Tower CCG. Really? 
maybe. I have a CCG, don't I? What's that? A magic. Oh. Magic is a CCG. Oh, I was thinking, what's that one we did for the... Uh, it doesn't matter. I'll find it later. Um, there's there's all these sorts of weird forgotten CGGs back from the 90s when things just like went crazy, so they would make everything into a, uh, like a co- collectible card game. I'm sure there's a Hobbit one... And the Star Wars one that are quite recent. There's a Star Wars one which is an LCG, so it's like Netrunner, but there's also an older actual CCG one. Mm. What's CCG again? Uh, a collectible card game. Okay. So Magic is like the premier CCG. Well, you can walk into... Um, I walked into the, like, the game shop, not like the computer game shop, and they have Magic cards behind the counter. And yeah. you walk into Big W, and there's Magic cards at the back. Mm-hmm. But I don't see Netrunner, and I don't see The Hobbit, and I don't see Star Wars. That's because so they, they own it, I guess. No, well, the th- the thing about um, magic is it is cardboard crack. Cardboard crack. Yeah. Mm. Like you get it, and you're like, oh, I just, I just, I, I just need to get a little, I just need to get a little booster. I almost just need a little, it. little booster. Just, just. Yep. Do you have any booster? I just, I just need one. Just one, just, just one little booster. Seven dollars. That's okay. I can afford that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just one more. Yeah, yeah. Noodles again tonight, kids. <laughs> well, I was walking through Big W last week, and I saw that. Because I, I haven't played Magic for months and months and months, and I saw that a whole new sort of thing had started with Magic. Oh, Fate Reforged? Yes. Yeah, everyone's talking about Fate Reforged. And I was like, what? I didn't know about this. Should I buy it? Oh, who are the new Planeswalkers? I don't know any Planeswalkers. Should I buy a Planeswalker? And then friends of mine are coming over tomorrow. They're like, we're going to play Magic. And I'm like, oh, okay. Come over at like four then. So I can have a chance to go through my cards again and sit there for another hour, building a deck, building a deck, testing it out. Maybe maybe you want to try and get involved in draft. Draft. Yeah. So. Oh, instead, yeah. Where you open a pack, and then pick you, one, pass it on. They pick yeah. one, pass it on. I, but where they do that is at the game at. Um, they do it a lot of the game stores. They do it at one thing that I go through regularly. Every second Thursday, there's a game night at Grilled in the Valley called Board Games and Burgers. At Grilled. Yeah, at Grilled. So I'll I'll go to Grilled. I'll grab a burger. I'll grab a beer and play some games, and they have a magic draft there. Oh, that's Every cool. second Thursday. And then you keep going until you have a deck, and then you play? Yep. So, yeah, you, you, you go around, and it kind of takes up, you know, most of the night, but if that's something you want to do... That's like, 60 packs of cards to get 60 cards. Is it 60? Uh, what? That's okay. <laughs> well, if there's, if, yeah, only if there's one card in each pack. Oh, no. Yeah, but to be, order, to be able to play, you need your 60 cards. Yep. So if you want to pick one card from one pack... And everyone has to... No, 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 no. You, you open the pack and then you divide it among yourselves in, in, in equal parts. Oh, they told me someone picks one and then you pass it on. Yeah, you don't, like, pick the whole, like... You don't pick, like, 60 cards and then everyone... No. Like, you need 60 people to play No, it. no, I didn't think that. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, so they're there and they're also going to be starting up in one of the taco places in Winter Garden. Okay. Guzman's. Uh, the... Campanenberg? Camandebe? Uh, in Garden City, they have um, uh, Mad Winter, Max. Winter Garden. Oh, Winter Garden's got Mad Max, yeah. Okay. There might be another one. Yeah, there's another one there. Oh, okay. It's like Campande or something like that. Oh, cool. So, oh, I didn't know. Yeah. Um, it's run by Vault Games and 44. You should check it out. I should check it out? Yeah, you should check it out. You Vault wanna... Games? Yeah. Mm, I might check it out. Yeah. Does that wrap us up for today? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm there at the Board Game Burgers thing, generally. So you. What can... night is that again? Uh, Thursday, every second Thursday. What time? Uh, from six. School night. I might be able to make it. I don't know. Yeah, but like you work in the city, so you could just. That's true. 
You can, go straight from to magic. Yeah, you can just go board games and burgers. You know, it's a, a quick ride from City of the Valley, and then you can you go on your way home. Yeah, I can just walk there. Yeah. Yep. I'm gonna roll a d20. I got a six. What's your modifier? Um, plus oh. fourteen. Plus fourteen. Yeah. What sort so, of skill check is that? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, that's just um, wrapping up the podcast. Oh, sort the, of skill the, check. Yeah. I guess you get a lot of modifiers for that because you know we're very late in the game now. Oh, I'm just it's almost like a guaranteed success. Yeah, do, do you want to roll it? Or are you good? Yeah, yeah okay. okay. There you go. Try to get better than six. 17, bitches. Mm, minus Podca- 15. No, podcast over. Podcast <laughs> over, I won. Okay, roll high or go home. See you next time. Pop up. <laughs>